Hi there, I'm Laura, a teacher turned creator, and this is Fill Up Your Cup, the podcast with a mission to help you feel inspired, motivated, and empowered to show up for yourself and create a life that feels good. We're putting the personal back in personal development as we navigate this journey of self-awareness, self-compassion, and growth together. Because together, And with the right mindset, we are all capable of change and living a life that truly fills us up. podcast, Narissa. I am very excited to have you on today and to dive into all things confidence and showing up online and authenticity and all of that good stuff. Um, But before we dive in, I always love to ask my guests to introduce themselves and share a little bit about their story. So what do you do, but also how did you find your way to what you do now and create your own life that feels good? Okay, that's a big question. Um, well, hi, thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this. Um, so I'm Narissa. I am a multi-hyphenate, let's say. So um, although everything I do relates to craft, I do run multiple businesses. So I run a PR and marketing agency for independence. Um, I've got, I, that's what I did at university. So I did fashion, marketing and PR and I actually using my degree, go me. Um, <laughs> it's always um, a good thing in these days is I feel like I there's a flex at this point. <laughs> I'm like, I paid and I used it. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing I do. Um, that's kind of my bread and butter that's how I feed my cat um and then I also have a product-based business called the Bargello Edit so I create craft kits for modern makers I wrote a book under that brand and was once on Kirsty's Handmade Christmas too my my biggest um achievement um and then last but not least I create content for crafty with a crafty DIY focus um which I'm guessing is why I'm here (laughs) it is well I'm really excited to chat with you today because I wanted to dive into that topic of showing up online confidently on Philip Cup, I always say it's about creating a life that feels good for you and I think for many of us whether that's following a passion project or starting a side hustle or pursuing a dream, it's very hard to do that today without showing up online in some way. That's kind of like our marketing now and and that's how we promote ourselves in order to achieve many of our dreams. Not all of them, but many of them. And the flip side of that, I think for a lot of people is that that's the first hurdle and the big block on that road to building a life that feels good and following your dreams because maybe there's an aspect of it where you might wanna have to show up online and and promote yourself and that's scary. And when I thought about someone who's super confident at doing that, you were the first person that came to mind because every time your content comes up on my TikTok feed or my Instagram or even your newsletters in my inbox, I instantly feel that connection to you and what you're doing as a person. And 
the content creator and business owner in me every time is like, this is the secret sauce. This is like the recipe to make content that's really good is that authenticity and that content, that confidence coming through. Um, so I guess like my first question is, has it always been something that's come easy to you? Have you always felt confident showing up on camera and creating content? And I mean, what's your content creation story? Well, I feel like people will be thrilled to hear me say, no, it hasn't always been that way. Um, it's like in Legally Blonde where she's like, smell me, that's just me. Uh, no, no, it hasn't always come that easily. Um, in fact, I, you know, a lot of terrible things happened during the pandemic. But one of the good things was, I think, this lack of pressure to, you know, put makeup on to appear online or, you know, to appear online. But I have this, um, and, uh, you know, this is probably a really great time to tell this story, but I, I'm very authentic in my content. And what that means is that, I can't really tell you how I'm authentic because it's just me. So um, unfortunately, this is my personality all the time. <laughs> um, so if you do not like it, do not watch my content because I can't turn it off. Um, but I think that's what happened during the pandemic is I shared a couple of things um, on TikTok. I thought, you know, I'll just give it a go. And then people started responding, but not just to the content. They were saying like, oh, I love your take on this. Or um, I get a lot of weird comments about my voice. Um, apparently it's very soothing. It is very soothing. I don't think I would watch a like nearly 10 minute video of someone making boots from scratch if it wasn't for you because as soon as you go I've got an interesting story to tell you I'm hooked I'm like I'm staying to the oh, end okay. I, can, I can see that line down the bottom like this is gonna be five minutes of my life but you know what I'm already invested because I want to see what the outcome is <laughs> well that makes me feel good although like I get people that are like could you read all my books to me from now on and things like that and I'm like I think my voice is annoying like it's like just my voice I can hear it in my ears and I don't think it's but there we go. So that's, yeah. So basically those comments kind of kept coming through. And then I was like, oh, you like me. You really like me, you know. Um, but actually kind of going back to where I didn't feel confident, TikTok is actually what made me confident to show up on my other social platforms because I had this weird thing on Instagram and I've shared about it before um, where I always felt like people would kind of think, oh, who does she think she is? If I did the same content that I do on TikTok, on Instagram. And the thing about me is I am never afraid to look stupid. So, so I'll always just ask the question. So I did a poll like earlier this year and I was like, do you think I'm like a show off if I share this kind of content here? And actually it was really nice because the amount of people that were like, firstly, I don't want to download TikTok. So it's really handy that you share it here. So please keep doing that. But secondly, um, I think a lot of people maybe didn't know me that well before. And actually, I think I'm a little bit more um, open on TikTok, still with boundaries. I don't think people know a lot about me at all. But yeah, I think like it was TikTok that kind of made me realise that I've got a personality that people probably do want to engage with. I've got this silky smooth voice. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Freeman, look out. <laughs> yeah, watch out, Morgan. I'm coming for you. Um, and then, yeah, also that um, no one cares as much as I do. So sometimes you just got to put yourself out there. So, yeah, hopefully that's the answer people wanted to hear is that no, I, I was ne not always like this. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head there, though, as well, when it comes to social media, that nobody else cares as much about your content as you yourself. You are the one who's analyzing that more than anyone else. 
I would almost go as far as to say no one cares as much as you do. There's literally not one person that cares as much as you do. So, um, yeah, just don't worry about it because I spent a lot of time like really unnecessarily worrying about something that ultimately like we're not saving lives here. I'm posting shoemaking tutorials like it's it's not that deep. So, yeah, I think once I got past that, now I just don't really care, which is quite a nice it's quite a freeing feeling. Yeah, no, I I think as well your story there like about TikTok and Instagram, I can relate to because I feel like I built an audience on Instagram before video became a thing. And then when video became a thing, it was like, can I show up here? Even though it's like, it's my social media page. The whole brand is built around my name. For a really long time, I felt like I didn't have the right to show up on my own Instagram yeah, page. It's and weird, right? Right? So I, I feel like Instagram stories started this, right? I don't know if you think you're the same. So when Instagram stories first started, I feel like there were certain creators that immediately just started talking, doing like talky stories, as it mm-hmm. were you didn't jump on that bandwagon then it almost felt like you if you let you know like you leave it too late and then you're like oh when do I jump in now so then no one ever did it again but um yeah it's weird that I don't know there's almost like a and this is you know not a diss to Instagram because there's many other things I could diss about but um I feel like it's almost slightly snobbier over there and it's like you do feel more judged maybe I don't know I feel like if I I think for me, like the thing that unlocked it last year when I was looking at, you know, why have I suddenly got such a block about showing up on Instagram and also having that block was, you know, basically th- this is where my business lives most of it, which was something I had to fix for another reason. But yeah. not showing up meant potentially not getting work because I wasn't like present yeah. and showing up as as a person that other people could connect with versus TikTok was just this fun place that, you know, I loved consuming content on. I didn't care about experimenting with different styles of video or like doing a voiceover or doing all of those things. And it kind of, the connection for me that I made was it took me back to early days YouTube when YouTube was literally about people just putting up videos of their day. Things were way less aesthetic, way less edited. And so there was less of the fear and the judgment that you're waiting for, like, because I think the difficult thing as well nowadays, especially with Instagram and, and all social media, in fact, is you do feel personally judged. And, and that's in a number of ways. That's whether or not you think people might not like your content because you're doing something different or it's literally I've posted and no one's engaged with my content. So you mm-hmm. feel no matter what you do you feel judged because you're like, oh, I posted a story that I thought was really engaging, but only 10 people have seen it or whatever that might be. There's always some element of judge, but then I find, and it's the same on TikTok, so I don't know why I don't feel like this on there, but I think people are more open to engaging on that platform. I don't know, it's this, I don't want to keep like, you know, saying TikTok is like better than but I don't know I just find it more freeing but it's interesting I don't know if you've had this because I know you're someone who uses the platform a lot um lots of people whenever I say to them they're like oh I I know that over on TikTok people are going to troll me and I'm going to get judged and things whereas I feel kind of the other way around I don't I don't know how you feel about that I think 
my kind of mindset that I've had around like trolling and I, I think it might just come back from like my background being in teaching and just having like zero tolerance when it comes to like bullying or inappropriate behavior is if someone leaves a trolling comment or something that makes me feel uncomfortable and I'm not talking about like someone who challenges you or like it's creative criticism but something that genuinely for that second gives you that not in the bottom of your stomach I hit delete I will block I will put you in my hidden inbox because it's just not good for my mental health. And if the social media platform is giving me the tools to remove those comments, I will do it. I really don't believe, like I've seen other like people who do um, advice for people who want to build up their following on social media and they'll say never delete any comment. And for me, that's like a major no red flag. If your comment yeah. is hurtful to me or hurtful to the community, and I'm not talking as well like closed off opinions, I, I'll hear other people's opinions because I mean, I talk yeah, about mental health life, and right? things. Yeah. yeah. So like I've spoken about mental health in the past and someone will comment and say, well, you know, this wasn't inclusive or maybe next time consider this. And, and that kind of comment I'm completely open to. But if you're going to come in like just like I've done things for like International Women's Day and the comments have just been terrifying, but I will delete them all because not only is it about protecting my space, but also the community that I'm trying to foster. Those comments aren't healthy for anyone to no. be seeing. It's not the kind of community that I wanna foster. And so I think when it comes to trolling, it, there's trolls everywhere on the internet. I think you have to create your boundaries around it and just be like, sorry no not happening yeah, and I think having a zero tolerance policy like that I think people get to know quite quickly like oh okay it's not gonna be a thing here I have a, a friend uh, who's an artist and he he paints like amazing paintings he's actually my my downstairs neighbor in the studio I'm in now and he blew up massively on TikTok during the pandemic but actually as his following's grown then more and more people art subjective right if you don't like it just keep a step in mm -hmm. whereas I think like people love to comment but actually he's grown quite a big following by painting custom drawings for people who leave him negative comments um so which and he does some really clever things as well so you know you can always use it to your advantage as well yeah. I mean I wouldn't just have a policy in place that protects you I think I think that I mean another point to look at of this is what you can't avoid or what you should try and avoid is that like comparison of strangers on the internet and letting other people's opinion in and yeah. going on social media it's hard. I, it's hard it's really hard I think we think that if we're showing up on social media our lives and our work and our opinions that we're putting out there are public property and yeah. it attracts people who think that that's the case. Um, and so I think like there's this huge, this huge like vast environment to navigate between not taking other people's opinions too heavily, but also that side of it, like you comparing yourself to everyone else that shows up online and how quickly that can dent your confidence as a creator because yeah. maybe they're more experienced than you or maybe they're getting more brand deals than you or maybe they've like fine-tuned their craft a little bit more than you. How do you deal with that side of it, the the comparison knocking confidence side? 
I've kind of I I don't know why, and maybe this is just I'm an arrogant person. I don't know, but I've never <laughs> that's never really bothered me. I think I'm so weird, and like the way I approach things is so unique to me. If someone else manages to even copy ten percent of that, then congratulations. <laughs> um, you're also a weirdo now too. Like I don't know. Like I think this is where authenticity comes in because someone can try to take my brand, as it were, but ultimately my brand is my personality, my lived experience, and me as a person. This is like you said. Like you watch my videos. Like this is that's not an act. That's just how I am in person. I actually met someone randomly. Um, I was at a craft market over the weekend, and she was like, "I follow you on TikTok," and and then she did like a a drop in workshop with me. And at the end, I was like, "Was this more or less disappointing than you were hoping for?" She was like, "You're exactly the same." I was like, "Yeah, it's not an act." And I think like a personality transplant on social media will only get you so far because you do have to keep it up. And so that's why I don't think the compare I mean don't get me wrong like I'm not saying never but gen like day to day generally like it just doesn't phase me because I'm me and that's what I'm putting out there so yeah I don't know if that's just really ignorant or <laughs> no I mean I think that I my background from creating content is I started with like lifestyle blogging and then I found my way into illustration because I felt like that like personality transplant of lifestyle blogging and feeling like I had to be like a certain version of myself in order for it to be acceptable in a very oversaturated market. And I just kind of realized everyone else is kind of putting a false foot forward as well. And there's nothing real about this. And and that's yeah. why I started doing like digital illustration. That was for me. I just put my personality online and it it I I can't even understand why there is as many people following it as it is. It blows my mind every single day. <laughs> so <laughs> I get that because when I started showing up from this is just me, it's for me, this is like what I want to do and what I want to put out and I'm not going to compare myself to other people, the reaction that I had was completely different to like what you say, that personality transplant where you feel like you have to be a different version of yourself showing up online. And I think that that also imp impacts the confidence as well, because when you're trying to be someone you're not, or you're trying to be this like really perfected version of yourself, you're gonna have, you're not gonna hit the mark all of the time because it's not you. And mentally it's exhausting as well. Like you can't, because the thing is, is what we have to remember is showing up online is amazing, right? But something I've definitely noticed a lot more, especially through TikTok, is now getting recognized out and about. And you have to commit to being that same person out and about. And like, you know, I'm not a celebrity or anything, but, but it is still like people, if they're coming over to you and saying like, oh, hey, I know you from this, they're going to expect a certain something. And if, you, if you're like, oh, crap, I've not got my like act on, like that's exhausting and mentally then you're just going to be thinking all day like oh did I do enough or like did and I just think it's just too easy to get caught out nowadays like by like being this completely different person so yeah like it's it's quite weird now but people are like I think I follow you on TikTok I'm like okay it's just me losing my mind in my spare room but you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you're following along <laughs> no, I, I mean that is that's such a good point as well because especially if you're doing a building a business or building a dream or mm -hmm. even if it's you, you just really want to be like an influencer or like the OG YouTubers you think about like if you meet 
like someone you followed online out on the street and they're a completely different personality, that also in its way can be damaging for your brand or what you're trying to put forward because I think the thing that a lot of people forget that building a a, a brand or building a presence online is about human connection. Even if we're doing it through apps, through screens, the way you build a community is you connect with people on some deeper level. And if you are yeah. putting on this false version of yourself, when that becomes clear, because it will, and it's impossible to hide it forever, people feel like they've been bamboozled and the trust is broken and it's very yeah. hard to like recover from that. Yeah, I think people feel even more so like it, it obviously meeting someone in person you can have an impact on them quite quickly you know face I'm still very much a face-to-face person like I really enjoy meeting people and I enjoy making connections with them and I think actually um <laughs> I'm complimenting myself here but to be able to then also replicate that through a screen mm-hmm. sometimes hundreds if not thousands of miles away from someone is a talent for any small business owner or any brand because to be able to connect with someone especially like if you sell products for them to still want to buy that product even though they can't physically see it like that's magic and so for me like that if that doesn't then come across when you then get to see it in person I totally get why you would be disappointed by that because it is it's like false advertising basically isn't it so um, yeah. I mean, also taking it back to the other side of that, though, for you as a creator, when at least like from my experience, when I'm not doing something that I am enthusiastic about and I love, it's going to come across. People are going to engage with it less. And afterwards, yeah. I'm going to be like, yeah, that's because I did something that I wasn't I that. really yeah. passionate about. And so like that. If you're doing something you love and you authentically love it, it's going to be easier to show up and do it. And it's going to be, I mean, quote unquote, easier to get the engagement. But over time, people will connect with it because we we feel that authenticity. Yeah, I found that now as well, that, you know, with more followers come more opportunities. And so, you know, brands are reaching out now and saying, oh, I saw you did this video. Can we send you product for this? Which is great. But I'm being really careful on what I say yes to because I think obviously I mark everything as an ad and things. But I think because my contacts are so authentic, people still don't realize. So we had the uh, great stair debacle of 2023 a couple of weeks ago where I dared to paint my stairs black. And the video has like a million views now. Um, but 50% of the comments are men telling me that I'm stupid, <laughs> which is great. Um, but the thing is, is I worked with a brand on that. And I just felt really bad because in the comments, no one had realized it was an ad, you know, despite me marking it as one, because it was so authentic. It almost <laughs> was like, it just went under the radar. Now, you know, it all paid off and the brand are really happy because, the you know, for 200 comments that are probably like bad there's still I think it's like 25,000 likes on that post so we know that people are engaging with it and then I did a follow-up video and then the comments are way less negative on that so you know I think it's it, it, it all comes full circle if I say yes to things that aren't authentic to me as well people are going to catch on and be like oh she's just like she's not connecting with us anymore it's, yeah yeah You've made a connection with your audience and suddenly you start doing ads. 
people, I, I mean, I feel it as well. When I follow someone for a while and then they're like sponsored content and it also sticks out like a sore thumb compared to everything else they've done. I feel this resistance of like, you are my friend and now you're just trying to sell me something. Whereas I think what you've just described there is like, that's the goal. If you can create a piece of content and you like are fully transparent that it is sponsored content, but people are still having conversations in the comments or sharing it or like sending you messages about it because they're excited about it, because they love like learning with you or like making the mistake with you or like daring to do something completely out of the box with you. I mean, I think that's the goal when you think about coming back to like content as marketing. That I, like, yeah. for me, that's the goal. Make it authentic so that nobody Absolutely. really realizes they're being sold to. Well, no, no one wants to be sold no. to, do they? No. And I read a, I read a stat before. It was like seventy eight percent of people on TikTok feel authentic, and they also feel like it's easier to be sold to on the platform because they feel comfortable and they feel uh, nurtured, which is really important because actually, you know, it means brand deals or sponsorships just feel like another part of your authentic content, and that's. That's what that should be. You know, mm -hmm. any sale that you're going to make, it shouldn't just be like, hey, buy this, please. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, because it doesn't work like that. You know, storytelling is so important. And that's what it boils down to, though. Like, that's what personal branding is. It's, hey, this is me. You know, we talk about UPS and or USP rather, not UPS, the <laughs> package delivery. USP, which would be your unique selling point as a brand. And I think anyone who's, you know, wanting to pursue like a passion project or put something like that online, you already have a USP like built in. It's you, your personality. Think about why people connect with you in real life. And like, that's your your starting point. Yeah. And I think, because um, there'll be people listening to this that are like, okay, well, that's all well and good, but you two are obviously very confident. Um, and I would say like, <laughs> to those people who haven't asked this question yet, but I'm sure will, um, I'm a fake it till you make it kind of gal. So although I'm very outwardly confident, like I'll get the job done, a lot of times I'll just do it in one take so that I don't have to do it again mm -hmm. because I hate like and I rarely watch things back which may or may not get me into trouble one day I don't know but um you I think you have to again it's about boundaries I think you have to put things in place that mean that you feel safe showing up online so for example like I talk about my husband Matt and everything but he's absolutely never going to appear in any couple's content like mm -hmm. and I won't share like where I live and I don't really share anything about my so although people think that they know me there's a very small snippet of my life and that makes me feel comfortable and it's interesting like I meet people and they'll say like oh I didn't know this about you and I'm like yeah because I don't want you to know that about me like that's that's for me that that thing that you can scroll and subscribe to that's for you so I think having an edit of things that make you feel comfortable is it, it goes back to these kind of content pillars doesn't it um yeah. those sorts of things so you know we've done loads of DIY in our house I'll never share every single thing because mm -hmm. you know I want some of my house to feel like it's mine and I'm not just doing it for the gram um but yeah I think boundaries is just always the one I think that's like there's something really important there in what you've just said because I feel like again going into that like influencer persona 
there's like a big question mark just because your partner or family are not in your content does not mean they don't support what you're doing. It's just like if you're choosing to put yourself out there, it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone in your family or friendship circles are going to want to be out there with you and that's okay. And it doesn't mean they're not supporting you or that you're less successful because they don't want to be in a vlog with you or on a TikTok or what you do or, or whatever. That's part of the authenticity as well. 100%. I think like, uh, my family are all like it's quite interesting so my mum's an artist and my sister's quite creative as well and they're always like oh we like that's just not our vibe like and that's totally fine if it's not like my mum bless her like she loves a bit of Instagram and she posts gorgeous pictures and things like that but would she ever be talking to camera about how she did it absolutely not and again like I think that's knowing your audience number one but mm -hmm. also knowing like who you're marketing to because now I realize that I've got this kind of magic formula of I can say things and then um you know make sales from it or um you know get opportunities from it I mean I was literally featured in Vogue because I shared something I'd made which is it, the Beyonce outfit yes and actually that's what I get most recognized for I had a girl follow me around a shop the other day and I genuinely thought she thought I was shoplifting and she was like I'm sorry I was just trying to see your face because I thought that you were the Beyonce I'm the Beyonce girl which you know there's been worse nicknames I was gonna say I mean that seems like a pretty good accomplishment to add to that list of accomplishments known as the Beyonce girl you could just like mic drop tap out you have I'm, I'm Beyonce reached... adjacent that's all I need <laughs> yes <laughs> Like, come on. And in my head, like, I'm like, if it's been in vogue, Beyonce knows I exist. Like, there's no way that she's yes. not, like, that's not come up in her, like, timeline. So even if she doesn't acknowledge it, I know B. If you're listening to this, which I'm sure she is, um, I know you know who I am, and that's all I need. Someone you know <laughs> has shown you that video, Beyonce. You know Narissa exists. Her team, I mean, Beyonce works hard, but her team works harder, you know? Like, yeah. she knows everything. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I can't believe I'm best friends with Beyonce now. Uh, that's great. <laughs> and it all started with picking up your phone and putting yourself out there. <laughs> Literally insane. I I decided we bought tickets. Um, for those who don't know what the heck we're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Um, Context. I will link it Context. in the yeah. in the episode notes as well. You can link my Vogue article. <laughs> I will. <Clang>. I will. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I went to see Beyonce, but me and my friend only got tickets like four days before or the week before um, because obviously they sold out and we got them really cheap because suddenly everyone was selling them just before the concert. And I said, if I ever went, I'd because obviously everybody was really showing up in looks and I was like, I would have to be Narissa and like recreate one of her tour costumes. And I got the tickets and I was like, oh, there's only like four days. And then I was like, do you know what? There's four days and I've actually not got that much on. So I'm just going to do it. I shared the first video with like my plans and then that blew up. I think that has like 40,000 views. And then and I was like, like, okay. All right. Now I actually have to follow so through and do so it. Then, but then I basically, for the four days in the lead up to the concert, I just shared like my progress each day. And then I even shared a get ready with me, which I've never done before or since beforehand. I think combined the Beyonce series has like over 3 million views now. Wow. And um, yeah, then I got a DM from Vogue and I was like, oh, I'm being, I'm being like pranked here, <laughs> like catfished. Um, and this guy was like, um, I'm writing an article for Vogue. Uh, it was Vogue US, like on the Vogue.com. 
and they were like uh we're writing about like fans recreating iconic looks because they obviously like everyone was doing taylor swift and harry styles at the same time and he was like can i get some quotes from you and then he sent me over this huge list of questions and all along i'm like this is a prank like this is not going to happen and then weirdly the article didn't end up really being about anyone else but me um so like the quote the headline is a quote for me it's insane like i'm waiting for like my invitation to be in the september issue next year <laughs> i will be going to the met gala in that outfit <laughs> I love it. I mean, I just, I, every time I watch something or I hear you talk about content, I am in, inspired as someone who's like creating. Um, and I know that there's going to be people listening who are the same, but on this podcast, I always like to balance inspiration and implementation. So let's boil it back down and let's give some people some practical tips for those who have that dream project or they want to start putting their brand or business online a little bit more. How do we overcome the fear of, I mean, video is the big one. It's hard. I mean, it's not impossible to show up online, but for many of us, we want to do video, even though we're afraid to do videos. So what are your practical tips for someone who wants to start showing up online but the idea of video makes them super nervous. So uh, I keep it simple and uh, like such like easy advice. I don't have any special equipment. I use my phone and I have like an overhead tripod at home, which is battered because I've had it since I started creating TikTok content. That's it. Um, I, a bit like with the content that we're talking about, I think if you have limited editing skills or limited skills in terms of video content, let that drive your kind of ability to create content because when I first started it was just like snippets so I'm very much what I like to call a documentarian so my I don't have time to like go out and create dedicated content so when I I tend to snap as I go and then I favor a voiceover because again (laughs) Barry White here uh, with my (laughs) recognisable tones. Um, So I tend to um, rely on snipping like kind of not, I wouldn't even say like particularly beautiful content, not to do myself a disservice, but, you know, just real content and then add a voiceover later. I think that's a really easy way to show up online without literally having to show up online. So that would be my first thing. Um, The other thing is just invest in like a bit of time to understand on how to edit because I think that's the process that takes the longest. You don't want to be creating content for TikTok and for Instagram. Just create video content and then let it live where it's going to live. Um, Rachel Waring, lovely Rachel Waring, will tell you also to post it on Pinterest too. So Rachel, if you're listening to this, which I know you probably will be, um, I'm repping Pinterest, please don't tell me off. Um, so yeah, so I think um, it, that for me is it. I think the other thing I do as well um, I don't necessarily have a content plan, which is probably not great. I do have a note in my phone though. So whenever like I have a little idea, I just add it to my notes and then I just kind of see how it goes. Like I don't pressure myself to create specific types of content and I never feel bad if I don't have something to post. I'm like, I guess I'll do that tomorrow then. Like I think again, it's about showing up as your best self rather than just showing up because feeding the algorithm doesn't always guarantee that you'll get the results that you want to get because you're just doing it for the sake of it. And going through the motions is very easy to spot. 
um, when it comes up. So yeah, I hope those are actually helpful tips. <laughs> yeah, I think like one side uh, add-on that I would say to that as well is, but like posting to the algorithm might get you an audience, but it won't necessarily get you a community because a really you might point. get people who follow you because you did a trend, but are not interested in anything else that you're doing. I often, I often find that actually when I look at people, because my day job is marketing. So, you know, I kind of look at this from both sides. The thing I always recommend to other people when trying to do this is like, don't do the trends. And actually a little secret insight um, that TikTok have a creator fund, which I'm sure many people know, a bit like YouTube, like monetizing content. stuff. they've actually just beta tested a new creator version of the creator fund, which is for creators. Um, and it's monetizing your content. But when you're not allowed to stitch, you're not allowed to duet and your videos have to be longer than a minute. So if that doesn't tell you that TikTok's trying to move away from trending audios and 10 second videos, I don't know what will. And you can make up to 20 times more with this new creativity program than you can with the creator fund. So I joined it like three weeks ago and I've already made more in the last three weeks than I made in the last year, which is insane. So um, yeah, just to add to your point, you're completely right. That's a really, really good point. <laughs> feel like we could talk for hours more about social media about marketing because I just I mean I love picking your brain on this because you can see it from both sides of being the creator and also having a background in marketing but I think we'll have to to stop it there um like a, like a TikTok we can do a part two <laughs> yes exactly exactly we have a listener's question cup here so if you've got any questions for Narissa on content or you'd like her to come back for a part two you can go ahead and leave your questions in our listener's cup which is linked in our show notes so I'll keep an eye out for those questions for you but the question I always ask my guests before they leave because this is fill up your cup podcast and we know you cannot pour from an empty cup especially if you're showing up online I would love to know how you keep your cup topped up how do you look after yourself so that you can keep showing up as your best self online it's the three c's cats crafts and cake that was <laughs> not what I was expecting <laughs> when you pulled out like the three c's acronym I was like this is gonna be like compassion <laughs> but no Cats, craft and cake is way better. Those are things that just make me happy. There is an M, which is Matt, my husband. Um, but yeah, just doing things that like don't require that I'm not filming or yeah, I'm I'm a very simple girl with very simple pleasures. And yeah, those are them, you know. Um, I just think sometimes going a bit more analog and doing things like hanging out with your cat and watching Netflix doing a bit of crochet or whatever that might be that's that's me that keeps me grounded happy it makes my brain it scratches like a very particular satisfying part of my brain and that's that's how I that's my that's my therapy because I'm too poor to afford real therapy <laughs> I love it and if you want to learn how to craft you can go and follow Narissa on TikTok and Instagram and it's Narissa knows it all is that correct Narissa explains it all. Narissa explains it all. She explains terrible crochet. 90s reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I just got it. Clarissa. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I spent years of I'm 33 now. I spent about 
20 years of my life being called Clarissa. So I thought, why don't I, uh, you know, lean into it? I'm Narissa Pratt on Instagram and, and I nearly said Clarissa explains it all. <laughs> <laughs> Narissa, that's me, explains it all on TikTok. Well, on that note, Narissa, I will love you and leave you. Thank you so much for all you have shared about just taking it back to the basics and being who you are so that you can create the life that you want when you show up online. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely chatting. And it's nice that the first time we ever get to chat properly is like, yeah, so yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you feel a little less alone in your personal development journey and a little more inspired to do something today to show up for yourself. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast streaming app or platform. And if you want even more weekly inspiration, then head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow the show as at fillupyourcuppod. Remember, you can't pour from an empty cup. So do one small thing today to pour into yours and start creating a life that feels good 